Amen. While we're standing, if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And we'll jump to Matthew 25. Amen. Brother and Sister Hughes tonight were with his sister Margaret and her husband Randy. Amen. Planning the funeral tomorrow for Brother Soane. So we want to remember them in this very difficult time and pray for healing and strength for that family. They will need it in the days ahead. So let's remember them. Amen. But I'm glad that we're here tonight. I really feel that God has laid something on my heart. Something that I am extremely burdened with tonight that I do not feel adequate enough to share with you. But the Lord has laid this on my heart and I have not been able to get away from it. So here we are tonight. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read from Matthew 7 in the NLT and then Matthew 25 begin in verse 20 in the King James. Matthew 7 verse 13 says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Matthew chapter 25, begin reading at verse 20. I'll read over it very quickly. So it says, and so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, Thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then out of my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given." And he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject. Another road and another book. Another road and another book. Would you lift your hands right now all over this house? Lord, we love you tonight. God, I thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, I pray right now that you would anoint these lips of clay to deliver your word tonight. God, I stand here today burdened for every soul that is here tonight. God, I pray that you would speak in this place tonight like only you can. God, and this entire sanctuary would become an altar. God, and we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your presence once more. And we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I come tonight as a soul. Just like you and the person sitting beside you and perhaps in front of you or behind you is a soul. Somebody who has got to be saved. Above all else, I have got to make sure that I am saved. I am not here tonight to scare someone out of hell. I am not here tonight to scare someone into committing their life to Christ and scaring them into heaven. But I am here tonight with a challenge to encourage you to search yourself. I'm sure Brother Twentier could get up here tonight and tell you all things of prophecy and could explain a lot of those things and things in three minutes that would take me three lifetimes to try to tell you about. But tonight I'm not here to talk to you about that coming day. I'm here to talk to you about right here and right now. It doesn't take but just a moment to see the season of life that we are in. Whether we are a child or an elder, we are all in the same season right now. It doesn't take us long to figure out that things are coming to a close very quickly. And when they do, I have got to make it. I have got to make sure that I am on the right road. I've got to make sure that I'm living right. I've got to make sure I'm doing everything that it takes that day when I get to heaven, when I'm sitting before that throne of judgment, that I hear his words and hear him call my name. I've got to do everything I can here and now to make sure I am ready. I was reading this passage in Matthew the other night in the NLT, and when I read over it, it just reached down to my soul and shook me. That there is a highway to hell that is broad. Its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. When you read those words, it seems so devastating. It seems hopeless. It seems like everyone is doomed and it seems like there is no way. But I've come tonight to say there is another road. For the Bible says, but the gateway to life, it is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Oh God, how it hurt reading those words. That this is one of those that you realize quickly how quick and powerful and sharp this word truly is. And that it does cut. 
that this highway to hell is very real and it is broad and it is wide and the spirits of this world and the antichrist spirit that is rampant in our world today are under construction on the daily expanding lanes and highways making sure there are many wide open roads to this place that many are getting on and many are choosing to go that way. And because of the convenience of it, because it just makes sense, it seems like the faster route, many choose that way. It seems like the fun place. It seems like the place where everybody's going 90 miles an hour wide open with no side turns, no bumps in the road. It's just wide open, smooth sailing. Who wouldn't want to go down that road? It's the party. It's the life. It's so much fun. Now, if we were to go around tonight and take a poll, not about whether people believe in hell or not, but if we simply gave people an option, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? Based on responses, you would probably come up with enough people that would say that the majority of them said that they would choose heaven. But yet our texts say that many choose the other way. Many choose that wide open road that leads them on a highway to hell. This lets us know tonight that it is not based on our preference of choice, but rather our choices that determine our end. It hurts me tonight that there are many who would say they choose to go to heaven, but their choices are contrary to their choice. The things that they're doing every day of their life are contrary to the place they are saying that they want to go. Their daily activities and the road they are taking, it seems right. It seems like they're doing the right thing. Everything's going smoothly, but they do not realize that the way they are going, the end thereof is destruction and death and they are so consumed with the easy way and the flow of this world that their mindset has been warped and twisted and they think that everything is okay just because they're going somewhere just because they're moving they think they're moving in the right direction And the mindset is that of the parents that they used to scold their children over. It's the same mindset that is warping so many's mind today. Well, everyone is doing it. Everyone is doing it. So if everyone went and jumped off a cliff, would you also? I can remember as a child, my parents asking me that question. Well, if your friends went and did this, would you do that? Well, the obvious answer is no. But the actions that you are making and the things you're doing every day is telling a different story. You say, I don't want to go that way. I don't want to live that way. But the things you are doing are showing people a different story. You hear me tonight, everyone else may be going that way. Everyone else may be getting on that highway because it's fast and it's quick and it seems like it just makes sense. Every person in this place may leave tonight and say, you know what? I've decided I'm going to go that other way. But I'm here to tell you tonight, I cannot go that way. I cannot go that route tonight. There is too much at stake. We're not playing a game tonight, people. There is a real heaven and there is a real hell. And if 
if I don't wake myself up and realize the road that I may be traveling may not be the right road just because it's easy doesn't make it right for the word of God said it may be rough it may be small there may be few people on it but it's the right way it's the way that we've got to make sure that we get on the night and say it's a lonely road it's a sad road oh but it's a road that leads to glory it's a road that's going to make sure that I walk on streets of gold how many of you want to go there tonight it's another road it's another option that you can take hallelujah hallelujah we're not playing a board game of life where when the game is over all we do is spin that wheel again and then we're back at it back in the game I ask God, God, why would they choose hell? Why would they choose that horrible, miserable place that you talked about so much in the New Testament? In fact, if you go to the New Testament, you will find Jesus talk more about hell than he did heaven. Because he was adamant, you do not want to go there. You do not want to be there. I am here to send you a message. Don't go to that place. Whatever you've got to do to get it right, get it right. You don't want to go this way. God, why would they choose hell? Why would they choose that way when you told them? And God said it was not the destination that they chose. It was the roads that they chose. And they did not pay attention to signs that could have told them they were going the wrong way. God help me tonight if I am on a road and I am passing signs that are warning me. It's time for me to turn around and get my life right again. God forgive me tonight if I've been going on my merry way not doing anything bad. But I'm not doing anything good either. I'm just coasting, cruising along with the flow of traffic when I don't realize that I am going the wrong way. But they took that road because it seemed convenient at the time. Perhaps it made perfect sense. Perhaps it looked like it was the only road. In the garden in Genesis, that serpent in Genesis 3 and 1, that serpent came and the Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And this is when he comes to the woman and say, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. That word subtle right there, we know it means sneaky and crafty. But that word in the Hebrew also means sensible. So when that serpent crept in there and he began to talk to Eve, though he was being sneaky and crafty, the things that he was saying was also making sense. It was getting wheels turning in the mind and saying, well, maybe it is this way. Or maybe it shouldn't be this way. Maybe he's right and it gets people to thinking. And here in the word of God, you will find the very first question mark that comes from him. It comes from that serpent who comes in so subtly, sneakily, and he makes so much sense. So this sneaky serpent is also a sensible serpent. 
what he had to say there that day beguiled Eve because it made sense. You see, not everyone falls for sneaky serpents. We can see some sneaky serpents coming from a mile away. But so many have fallen because of sensible serpents. Serpents that come in and they get in your ear and begin to say things. And it just makes sense. Well, why wouldn't I do this? Well, why do I do this? Why do I dress this way? Why do I act this way? And I'm scratching my head wondering what's going on. And I should never be listening to a serpent anyways. I should be listening to a proven God. A proven word. And say, I can't listen to you. I know what you're telling me. And it, it makes sense. But I know what he said. And I know that it's right. Satan, you are a liar. He's already told me. He's already warned me. And I'm here tonight to say no more sensible serpents. I've come tonight to say I am listening to a proven God. We struggle with this because you see God, though he is not the author of confusion, his ways do not make sense to us. And me being me who is wrapped in complete flesh, everything has to make sense. Everything has to be two plus two equals four. Everything has to flow. Everything has to operate in my calendar, on my time, the way that I want it to, on my time, like we talked about earlier. That is why many choose this other road is because at the time it seems so sensible. But there is a moment Where I can either listen to that sensible serpent or believe in my proven God. I can listen to something that makes sense. Or I can trust in the one whose ways are higher than my ways. And the one whose thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I can trust in one who confounds even the wise. I can trust in one who has never failed. I know the highway seems like the right way, but there is a way who is the way and his ways are higher than that highway. Can I tell someone tonight who already knows this, but needed to be reminded tonight, there is another road. There is another option. There is somewhere that you can get off, take that exit, turn around and take that side street that will get you back going the way you should have been going a long time ago. It's not too late. God has brought you to this place tonight, not only for you, but so you can tell other people. It's not too late to turn around. It's not too late to make it right. It's not too late to find another road and another way. I know right now you're just going and think there's nothing wrong, but there's warning signs telling you if you don't stop and you don't change you're on a highway to hell wake us up tonight god show us the signal lord whatever you've got to do there's another road another road the bible says the gateway of life it is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it You hear this simple message from this simple preacher tonight. It may be hard to find, but I have got 
find it. I have got to make sure that I am on the right road. I have got to make sure that I am exhausting myself every day praying, seeking the face of God to make sure that I am on that right road. Oh, because it looks lonely. It looks like nobody else is there with you. It looks like you're driving in darkness. It's a bumpy, rocky road. Oh, but when you get to the end of that road, oh, when you endure to the end oh what a crown that will be waiting for you oh what a glorious day that will be waiting for you oh God we have got to make sure that we get on that right road few may find it but I have got to make sure I am one of those few If that means I go down a rocky road to get there, so be it. If it means that I have to die to this flesh every day to get there, then so be it. If it means that I lose some followers on my social media, then so be it. If it means that I have to quit complaining and murmuring and griping every time I wake up, then so be it. If it means not everybody's going to follow me, then so be it. Now you hear me tonight. I'm not saying that we forget everybody else and we just take us and no more. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think you know that. But above all else, I have got to make sure that I am saved. Regardless of what I've got to give up. Regardless of who I've got to let go of. Regardless of what friends I may lose. Or things that may change in my home. I've got to make sure that I get it right. And I've got to make sure that I am saved. I've got to make sure my babies are saved. I've got to make sure that we're praying. That we're reading this word. That we're looking for all the signs and all of the signals. For Mark 8.36 says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I need to be saved more than I need to be liked. I need to be saved more than I need that promotion. I need to be saved more than I need that relationship. I need to be saved at all costs. You say, well, well, what if, what if I lose some things? I want to ask you tonight, what if you lose you? What if you lose your babies? What if you lose your loved ones? The message said, what good would it do to get everything you wanted, but you lose you? What good would it do if you gained all of these worldly things and all of these accolades and all of these ribbons and trophies and dollar signs in your bank account and you feel like you've arrived and you You've made it and you maybe you're sitting on a church pew tonight and think that you're not doing anything bad. But I want to know tonight, is there anything that you've done good? Do you feel comfortable enough tonight to stand and say, I know I'm on the right road. I know I'm going the right way. Or is there a check in your spirit tonight that says, God, I feel like I'm ready. God, but if I am not, I want you to do a work in my heart. God, I can't afford to be lost. God, I can't afford for pride to get in the way. God, I can't afford for bitterness and anger to get in the way of my salvation. God, nothing in this world God is going to do, oh Lord. God, I have got to have you and make sure that I am saved. Obviously, we want to see others saved. But how can I see that someone else saved if I am not sure I am saved? 
How can I help someone else when I also am in need of help? If you've ever flown on an airplane, you sit down and they begin to go through the safety protocol. If a mask were to fall down and you have a baby sitting with you or a child sitting next to you or an elder sitting beside you that may not be able to do it on their own. They said it is instinct that you immediately want to help them. And we do. And we want to make sure that they're taken care of. But they make it very clear that you are of no help to them if you first do not put on the mask and make sure that you are taken care of. I urge you tonight to put on the mask first. I urge you to make sure that you're taken care of, that you're right, that you're prayed up, that you're full of the Holy Ghost, that you've got anointing dripping from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. And when you do that, you will be a help to somebody else. When you do that, you'll be able to put a mask on this one and a mask on that one and a mask on that one. But first, you've got to make sure that you're saved. We have people who are trying to help others and they themselves are dying because they did not take the necessary steps. Get your heart right. Get your face in the carpet and help yourself. Even after the famous Acts 2.38 and 2.39 that we all love and quote, it says, And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Help yourself out by not doing what they do. Help yourself out by not saying what they say and living the way that they are living. Do what is right. Make sure you're on the right road. First, I told you how to get saved. Now I'm telling you how to stay saved. 38 and 39 deal with him saving you, but there are going to be days that you're going to have to save yourself. There's going to be days that he's already told you what to do. He's already given you the plan. He's already told you how to get out of it. And it's going to be up to you to get on your knees and begin to pray. Well, things aren't going the way I thought they would. God, I I didn't think it'd be this difficult. Well, get on your knees and begin to pray and pray until begin to seek God and just say Lord I need you to talk I need you to move I need you to let me know everything's going to be alright and I promise you when you do that God is going to show up He's going to let you know everything is going to be alright God has given each of us an incredible opportunity in this life to be a part of the church of the living God He's made us heirs and sons and daughters He gave us His name. He adopted us. In Matthew, He is talking about those to whom He gave some money to. And He entrusted them with His talents. And the first two that He sees that did something with what they had been given. When they came to Him, He said, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. But to the one who did nothing with what he had been given, he was cast into darkness. 
I am not doing God any favors by sitting on the things that he gave me. I am not doing myself favors by taking the easy road and playing it safe. I'm not helping myself at all by taking the highway and thinking it is a shortcut. I do myself a favor when I lose some things for him. I do myself a favor when I focus on what he gave me instead of what I might could offer him. Because at the end of this life, I want to hear him say my name. I have been called a lot of things. I have been called Landon. I've been called Drew. I've been called Landon Drew Long. I've been called Boomer Bill Jr., Bubby, Husband, Daddy, and others. Some names I probably don't want to know that I've been called. But there is a name that I want to hear called over me on that day. And it is not Landon. It is Servant. I want to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. You did a great job. You fought the good fight. You finished your course. You did everything that I asked you to do. Sure, it was bumpy. Sure, it wasn't always pretty. But well done. You did a great job. I'm so proud of you. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. That's what I want to hear spoken over my life. Not man, you are a great preacher. Not man, you are a great person. Not man, you are a great athlete or whatever else. But man, you are a great servant. Well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's what I want spoken over my life more than anything. I don't want it to just be what I do. I want it to be who I am. I want to live my life serving Him and serving others the way that He would. I want Him to be pleased with me above all else. I want to enter into the joy of the Lord. That is any of what us want is to be accepted and loved and told we did a great job. But some are seeking the applause of an audience when only one matters. For Revelations 20 and 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened. Now those books are wonderful and they are great. But it's another book that I'm more interested in. Another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And verse 15 said, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You hear me tonight? My name will probably never be in a book here on this earth. No one may have anything to say about me that they think is worth sharing with the world. But that is all okay. I don't have to have my name written down anywhere. But on that day, I want to go up there and I want to see the books. And I want to look over and see another book. 
And I want to know that it's the book of life. And I want my name to be written down in that book. I want to make sure that whatever I am doing today and tomorrow and the rest of my life, that it is enough. That it is enough to make sure that my name is written down in that book. It's another book. It's a book that I want my name in more than anything else in this world. I want my name to be etched in that book. Servant. Well done, servant. Well done, servant. Well done, Landon. You did a great job. Well done. Let's all stand. Brother J.T. Pugh said that he once had a dream. He said that he found himself in a sea of people. And far ahead he could see the judgment seat of Christ. And he said, before I could even blink, I was rushed to the very front. And as I looked up with both fear and expectation, I awakened myself with my own voice crying out, Say it! Say it! Say my name! Say it, God! Say my name! Oh, when was the last time you cried out so passionately? Oh, God, I want to make sure on that day, oh, God, that my name is in that book. I want to make sure I'm saved, oh, God. Lord, there is nothing in this world worth losing you over. Oh, God, I've got to be saved. I've got to make sure my heart is right, God. Lord, I've let bitterness creep in and frustrations. Oh, Ikayama. Oh, come on right now. Just turn this whole place into an altar. If you want to kneel down right where you are, that's fine. I want every person in this place finding a pot, kneeling down and beginning to cry out. There's another road and there's another book. And I want to make sure I'm on both of them. I've got to make sure I'm on both of them. Because if I'm not on that other road, I'm not going to be in that other book. Oh God, I've got to be saved. God, I haven't prayed like I need to pray. God, I haven't surrendered like I need to surrender. God, I haven't made it right with my brother or sister. God, I haven't wept, I haven't prayed through in so long. God, but tonight, <laughs> say it.
Oh, come on, it's not too late. Oh, you're here tonight for a reason. Oh, God sent me here tonight with this message. Oh, your soul lies in the balance. Oh, God, I've got to be saved. Oh, I don't know. 